Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, doing it broke style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season today we go out to la where it's grand and great for the rams and sean mcveigh i am your host tim petropolis along with my brothers michael petrop and jason petrop of course the only two twins giving you all the fantasy goodness that you'll ever need speaking of fantasy goodness all the fantasy goodness and everything you need to not only dominate your drafts, but dominate during the season takes place in the fantasy football by Brodo app. The only app that has every single tool you need to not only draft that winning team, but keep a winning team during the season. And then I mentioned that it's free for a limited time on this app. You get fantasy player cards, which basically are a more fun way of having a player profile who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced statistics, including Brodo exclusive statistics, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, and so much more. Right now, it is free for a limited time. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Please support the show by joining for as little as $3 a month, and you can get access to things like the Discord which our community on the discord is absolutely second to none you play in leagues with the brodo bros you get an extra podcast per week a waiver podcast you get private team consultations free giveaways and so much more i can't even i can't put it all in here because it would take too much time and as always the brodo hub is brodofantasy.com that is where you can find everything brodo so let's dive right in with the rams the rams are led by sean mcveigh and usually when you have a guy like sean mcveigh you know what you're getting you're getting either like an an andy reed offense you know what to do with an Andy Reid offense. Um, you know, a Kyle Shanahan offense, you know what to do with a Kyle Shanahan offense. A Sean McVay offense is different. One year it could be centered around the passer. One year it could be centered around the running back. But what we do know about the Sean McVay offense is that it will be fast. They ran the third most plays in the league last year. And when they ran those, it was very balanced. 55% pass, 45% run. So with that being said, Michael and Jason, let's get into how this team is looking different because it's not often that you see a team spend the first round pick on a quarterback and then when it's give that quarterback a second contract and then trade that quarterback for another quarterback but that's exactly what you're seeing here the rams think that the rams obviously thought that jared goff was part of the reason why they weren't able to get over the hump lately so they go and they trade for matthew stafford from detroit they did this early in the offseason so we've had a lot of time to digest what this could mean I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford. I have him in my top 10 quarterback rankings. Jason, what is your thoughts on Matthew Stafford? We're going to disagree here, Tim. I don't want Matt Stafford on any of my teams. Wow. Interesting. And it's not because I think he's not going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. It's because I think he's going to be a in the 12 to 15 range. And if you're starting a quarterback who's in the 12 to 15 range every week, then you're hurting yourself. You're better off streaming and trying to find upside every week. Because when it comes to Matt Stafford, if you look at what he's done in his career, 
since 2015, I'm going to skip 2019 because he was injured. His end-of-season finishes were 12, 10, 11, 20, 16. So over the last three seasons, one was injured. On average, he's ending as the 18th quarterback. Before that, on average, he was the 11th quarterback. We know what Matt Stafford's potential can be, and we know that the Sean McVay offense is probably going to help him out. But we also know that he doesn't use his legs whatsoever. And honestly, if you look at the Rams team, there's not as many weapons as you'd think. They're known oh, come as on. this, bro. They're known come as on. this offensive powerhouse, but they don't have Gerald Everett anymore. They don't have Josh Reynolds anymore. They don't have Cam Akers anymore. Like those are the people that gave them depth, so that no matter who was on the field, they always had someone. Now they basically have three guys. They have Cup, Woods, and Higby. They have Daryl Henderson, who has to step up now, and then they have an aging and injured Djax, a rookie in Tutu Atwell, and a second year who couldn't make a difference in his rookie year, Van Jefferson. I mean, but two two second-round draft picks, though. So they have some draft capital. Just putting that out there. I'm not saying that that guarantees success in any way, but there is some draft capital with those two guys. The only people who are proven on this team are Cup and Woods, and then Tyler Higby has had a good stretch in his career, but he's never been a fully, like, very solid tight end at all points of his career. So when we're looking at this team, we need to think, is Matt Stafford going to use his legs? No. Sean McVay is a surprisingly run-heavy coach. Tim, you like to talk about that a lot. So then we need to consider, is Matt Stafford going to put up the passing numbers to be a top-10 quarterback? I don't think so. I think he'll be a solid play every week. I think he can average 16 points a week. But I'd much rather stream my quarterback than draft Matt Stafford in the 13th round and then slot him into my lineup every week and hope that he does as good as he could do. I think you're hurting your team if you do that. I mean, I like I, you have a point with the with the can't use his legs um, talk. I have him in that kind of tier where after you have the top four guys that are clearly above the rest. Then you got guys like Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Dak Prescott, who are like the very, very top of that second tier where these are guys who can run the ball, but aren't running quarterbacks. And then you have and then you can put Russell Wilson in that in that mix as well. And then you have the the next guys, and that's Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, these kind of guys who can put up numbers in the air, but not on the ground. How do they mix up with the guys like Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts? That's going to be where the difference is going to be in, in, for me. For me, I also have Justin Fields at quarterback number eleven. Um, you guys call me an idiot for that. I'm really mad that I missed the the Chicago. Um, I'm really really mad because I think Justin Fields has a, has the ability to to really make some moves this year. But speaking of which, some guys that can make a move. Michael, last year we were all aboard the Robert Woods bandwagon. And one of the reasons why I was so successful in some of my drafts last year was because I could go, excuse me, quarterback early because I can get Robert Woods as a solid wide receiver too. And I didn't have to, and he was going in the fifth round and, and later. Although Robert Woods always seems to put together solid seasons, he's always undervalued. And now he has a guy who can get the ball out to him. And then you got Cooper Cup, who Matt Stafford has a history of supporting great, great uh, teammates, not only teammates, like two guys that could be good, but also guys out of the slot where Cup comes from. A, a bunch of years where Golden Tate really stand out. So the question is, who do you prefer this year? For me, last year it was Woods. This year, I think it's Cup. I think I like the, the Cup-Stafford connection a little bit more, but I think you can't go wrong drafting either of these guys. They're like guaranteed points. Yeah, I think you're dumb 
I think, <laughs> I think the entire industry is dumb at the moment. Robert Woods just continues to outshine Cooper Cup every year. Ah, every on. year during draft time, it's okay, time to draft Cooper Cup ahead of Robert Woods. I don't get it. Robert Woods has been by far the healthier of the two as well. I mean, Cooper Cup has missed games, whereas Robert Woods really hasn't at all. But with that being said, there's no reason not to be grabbing both of these guys. Right? Like, if you miss out on Woods, grab Cup. If you miss out on Cup, which would be ideal, <laughs> go ahead and grab Woods. Because they both have been consistently very solid for years. Now, Cup was the 25th, 8th, and 16th wide receiver in terms of points per game over the last three seasons. Robert Woods was 15th, 16th, and 15th over the last three seasons. It's a little ridiculous how um how consistent both of these guys have been um, during that stretch. And that was with Jared Goff at quarterback, whose true throw values over the last two seasons, 31st and 37th. Not good. That is some real down-to-earth, we-need-a-better-quarterback, which is why the Rams went and got Matthew Stafford, who his true throw value last season was 22nd, which was not great. But he was throwing to bad wide receivers for the most part without Kenny Galladay active most of the season. His true throw value the year prior was fifth, meaning he had the fifth most productive ball every time it left his hands. He had a good year that year. He did, and although it was with a healthy Kenny Galladay, it was injury short. The efficiency stats are always a little difficult with small samples. Yeah, but it wasn't small. He played like nine, ten games that year. He got hurt at the end, and he played some games hurt. So those efficiency numbers are actually a little less than they probably could. Could be. Yeah, but I mean, we also know that Matt Stafford is just better than Jared Goff. That's also not debatable. Even if he's not as good as fifth in true throw value, I could definitely see a top 10 true throw value season incoming with the with the uh, team that he has around him. And as Tim pointed out, Sean McVay, you don't know if he's going to be run heavy. You don't know if he's going to be pass heavy. He just does whatever the quarterback shows him that he could do. The games where Jared Goff was able to sling it and the years where Jared Goff was better, the Rams were a pass-heavy team. Last season, Jared Goff looked atrocious, and they had to run the ball a lot more. Like Now that with with Matt Stafford there, I expect this to be a uh, pass-heavier team than it was last season, and I expect them to be a better offensive team in general. I think also you have to remember when we say pass-happy as well, remember... Jared Goff, a lot of his passes went behind the line of scrimmage to Tom to to Todd Gurley on swing passes, and he the, and last year Jared Goff was one of the least one of the quarterbacks that that targeted running backs the least of anyone in the league. So that's going to be interesting to see because I think if they target the running back fifty times, sixty times, seventy times, which you saw happening with Cam Akers, like you could see that happening, Daryl Henderson. Although he has been a pass, a, a successful pass catcher in his career, he doesn't profile out as a pass catcher. So can he do that with any type of consistency? Because if he can, then not only does Goff's value go up, Daryl Henderson's value go up, goes up. And Michael, I want to talk to you about the running backs because... I just want to say real quick before we yeah, go move ahead. over to Henderson, um, Cooper Cup's ADP of wide receiver 17 and Robert Woods of wide receiver 19 are both stupid. Um, stupid low? Yeah, they're both dumb. They're not super. So you think they'll low. both be better? I think they're both values at that cost, as they've shown the last three seasons, especially now with Matt Stafford there instead of Jared Goff. I think they're both I, great fourth. And I think it, if you get them in the fifth round, that would be even more spectacular. 
where we have them, if, if you look at the, the, us and Cass, our combined rankings, our average, our average rank for wood is 39th and our average rank for cup is 42nd. So we have them very close, but we also have them graded in, in the third round ish or the beginning of the fourth round. So if you can get them after that, and just so you know, on, on the Broto app, we have a who to draft tool, which tells you which player we like better. Um, right now, Robert Woods slightly edging Cooper Cup 50, by 50, 53% to 47%. So um, it's, it's right there. They're, they're neck and neck. I think both of them, like you said, are good picks. What about Daryl Henderson here? Because there is a look when something happens in the NFL, sometimes, you know, uh, not sometimes all the time, the takes start flooding in and even more since COVID and everyone has a Twitter account now, the takes just keep flooding and flooding and flooding in. And one of the takes that flooded in that I kind of thought was interesting was Daryl Henderson is actually more valuable than Cam Akers because he doesn't have Daryl Henderson as his backup. I thought that was an interesting concept because Right now, Daryl Henderson, I'm getting him in all my mock drafts in the fourth round. And it to me, if he hits, that is an absolute steal. And you look around, and yeah, there are some guys that uh, that have been okay in the backfield so far. One of them has a really cool name, Funk, right? So people want to talk about the Funk, right? But at the same time, it looks like this is Daryl Henderson's backfield. They didn't sign a veteran. This He's in a McVay system. This guy could be the steal of the draft. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, um, I was talking to Jason about this yesterday because Daryl Henderson's ADP is super confusing to me. He may not be the best back in the league, but he's certainly not the worst, and he's better than people think. Uh, he was 12th in rushing yards over expected per attempt last season, 15th, 15th in EPA per attempt, 13th in rushing over expected percentage. So he was rushing over what? was expected from him for the most part last season as a top 15 back in the league in that department across all categories. He was top 10 in yards per reception, um, which bodes well for pass catching work. And he was an RB1 three of the first five games last year when he was getting the majority of the work in that team. And now Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers are both gone. Tim, last season, the Rams ran for 2,018 rushing yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. And now... Who's going to steal all this work from Daryl Henderson, man? Xavier Jones, an undrafted guy who no one knew his name before Cam Akers went down. And Jake Funk, who, like you said, the only reason people know who he is is, is because he kind of has a cool ass name. And because he's white. Whenever you have a white running back, there's always like hype around them. And so it's like... It's true. It's true. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And but the Rams... Bro, don't you know you're super cool on Twitter if you act like this undrafted rookie is going to be a stud? True. And <laughs> the Rams... Gerhard are sitting Daryl Henderson during the preseason. They're literally saying, we can't let this guy get hurt. He's our yeah. guy this year. And he's going in like the fourth, fifth round. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you. I, I'm typically like, I am not a mid-round RB type of guy. I like to grab wide receivers in the middle rounds. If I don't get a stud running back, I like to wait and grab one later on. But man... I don't see how you could pass up on Daryl Henderson in the fourth, fifth round when Cam Akers, who had Daryl Henderson behind him, was going in the first round. I thought Cam Akers' ADP was dumb. I thought it should have been more in the second, third round. And now that Daryl Henderson is alone, I think he should. it would make a lot more sense if he was going in the third round. But no, you could get him in the late fourth, fifth round. 
I think this narrative, too, that he was usurped last year, that Cam Akers came through and took his job and was running away with it, is a little bit of a false narrative. Because if you remember, both of these guys were healthy in the beginning of the year, and it was Daryl Henderson who not only was the more productive back, but even when you broke it down to, like, per snap and per everything, like, Daryl Henderson was the clearly more productive back. Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Cam Akers takes over, and now he's the hot hand. So now Daryl Henderson has a couple of bad games. They ride Cam Akers' hot hand, and all of a sudden everyone forgets that Daryl Henderson is this quality back. And, and, you know, they were going – they said it multiple times this year. on the Like, McVay made it clear that it wasn't going to be just Akers. It was going to be him and Henderson. And now it's just Henderson. I think it's it's a very – it's a very intriguing pick. I think it's a, an easy and, and it's making me consider taking a wide receiver in the second round with something that I usually never do. I always want to leave the draft with two stud running backs in the first two picks. That's just how I do. That's how that that's how I've, I've found success in my life. So I'm considering like, hey, if I get uh, Alvin Kamara in the first round, I come back and get Justin Jefferson. I could get a third round pick and get a, a, a running back like CEH or whoever falls down there, or I could take Daryl Henderson in the fourth round. And all of a sudden I have these, I have two stud wide receivers where I could take a tight end or, you know, there's so much when you can find the guy like that in the fourth round, there's so, there's so many, so much flexibility. I just hate that. I share almost every draft with you two because I know I'm not going to be able to find these, these hidden gems. Cause I know that you also know about them. It's, it's very annoying. Um, Speaking of very annoying, Tyler Higby was very annoying last year because he kept getting his work kept getting cut by Gerald Everett. But now Tyler Higby is by himself. And when Tyler Higby was by himself the last time, he was the best tight end ever. Like for there's a five game stretch where he was the best tight end ever. And I'm not being hyperbolic or facetious. I'm, I'm it's. Ever. Literally. Like, best it was five game the, stretch of a tight like end the ever. Best stretch ever. Literally stretch ever. ever. Ever, ever, right, Michael? You did a you did a big study on it last year when you were when you were talking about Higby. So, Jason, is this the year now that Higby, when he has it to to himself, because we also know that Matt Stafford likes to throw touchdowns to his tight ends. We know that for sure. So, what do you think? You know what, kiddo? I are you are you tilting right now? Some sometimes I do these heat wave do this research and I find myself liking someone that I didn't really like. And that's what happened with Tyler Higby for me. Tilting. I, I love it. Jason, I, you are Jason almost never tilts. Jason tilts to the point where he'll break before he tilts. And now he's tilting. This is, I want, I, I'm very interested. I'm, I want to hear this. I mean, look, I, I moved him up to my tight end 10 and I just think he has more upside than Dallas Goddard while Zach Ertz is still there. Then, Noah Fant, who doesn't really have a real quarterback and has a lot of weapons around him. Like, when you're looking at this area, Tyler Higby just has the upside. Because if you look at who's behind him, it's a who's who of no ones, man. What the Nobody. fuck is a Johnny Munt? Who's a Bryson Hopkins? What is a Kendall Blanton? And then there's a rookie fourth-round tight end, Jacob Harris, who's getting a little hype. Please, he's a fourth-round tight end. First-round tight ends don't do anything. And if we look at Tyler Higby last year... He was a tight end one four times last season. You know where he ended in the overall PPR ranks for tight ends? 17th. Like, even barely playing, he was a 17th tight end, which is wild because he only saw 56 targets. 
but he turned that into 41, 480, and 5. That is super productive numbers for someone who saw 56 targets. That's like a really good that's like a really good rookie tight end performance. Yeah, except that they'll probably see more targets. Yeah. Look, he was because then if you look at the fact that he only saw 56 targets, his true target value was 29th last year. Hmm. But he finishes the overall 17th tight end, 19th in points per game. The guy can play. And we all remember the way he ended his 2019 season, tight end 13 and then 1537 when he was given the work. And if you look at what Higby and Everett did last year combined, they had 80 catches for 872 yards and six touchdowns. The only question here is if is is Tyler Higby going to see more targets? And as I mentioned when I talked about Matt Stafford, this team is no longer as deep as you think. So I think the answer is yes. Tyler Higby will likely see more targets. It's not like, like you said, Matt Stafford is a quarterback who doesn't throw to tight ends. He has. He's thrown to Hawkinson. He's thrown to Ebron. He's thrown to fucking Brandon Pettigrew. Like, this is a guy who, who can throw to tight ends. And I honestly think Tyler Higby, once you get to that, once you wait on tight ends, he's probably the guy I want to be grabbing. Jason, you just you just tilted this. This is why I want to hear like what tilted Jason's convictions. <laughs> you just you just completely sold me on on Tyler Higby. I swear to God, I just moved them up to nine in my rankings for twelve <laughs> because I've been falling out of love with Goddard, um, Troutman. I've been falling out of love with after that first one, and Mike Kosicki is Mike Kosicki. He has a lot of like that whole offense is strange. I I would rather have Tyler Higby over all those guys because of that opportunity you just t- spoke about. Yeah, I think there's a lot of upside there, man. And when someone outperforms their true target value by that much, it's... it is a tight end though. Let's let's chill yeah, a right, little right. bit with that. Like a true throw value okay. of twenty ninth for a tight end can result in seventeen when you're talking about some trash yeah. ass tight ends. He was nineteenth in points per game though. I like to compare true target value to points per game because that is really what it's supposed to tell you. Yeah. He ten spots. He did still beat it by ten points in points per game. I'm just ten spots. Ten spots. I'm just of the elk where I say. What are the odds this guy does what this he guy said elk. hasn't said elk. done on a consistent You're... basis now in what, his fourth, fifth year? He said elk. Mike, are you going hunting? I'm going You're going hunting? <laughs> You're going elk hunting? I had Yo, a... Bring me, back, bring me back some good old elk steaks. When I was in St. Augustine on my road trip, St. Augustine's a little island in Florida, Um, I had gator sandwich. Ga- I've nice. had gator a couple times. It literally tastes exactly like chicken. I know it does. people like to say, oh, it tastes like chicken when they don't know what to say it tastes like. It tastes exactly like chicken. I was really disappointed that gator's meat is not green. <laughs> I was expecting to eat a green thing. No, and it bro, was just because the skin is green? Come on, you're better than Tim, you know, you nah, because some dumbass shit. It's like, Tim, I'm about to make fun of Tim. I, um, I know he what thought say. black know what pepper say. was a pepper. <laughs> like, grinded up. He ground. Ground. It's, it's ground and not grinded. Ground. All right. Ground. A ground, ground pepper. Ground pepper. That's what it uh, anyway. Michael wants say sand. All right. Um, we're going to we're going to uh, go to our one injury away. So who is it for you guys? Um, for I think me, the uh, obvious answer has to be if Daryl Henderson gets hurt. One or the other. Because Daryl Henderson, one thing about him is he does have a little bit of an injury history. Michael, who were we going to say? Yeah, for me, it's not Xavier Jones or Jake Funk. I think if something happened to Daryl Henderson, they're signing someone off the street because Xavier Jones is a UDFA who was a special teams player last year, and Jake Funk is Jake Funk. And I don't think either of those guys are stepping into a heavy role if something were to happen to Henderson, which is why I like Henderson so much at ADP. 
I'm going Van Jefferson, man. Um, because if something were to happen to Woods or Cup, he's likely next in line. I don't think Tutu Atwell would take that spot because Tutu is very, very small and quick. I think he's going to be more of a slot guy and mix in and gadget type plays and things of that sort. I think Van Jefferson makes the most sense as the replacement and Josh Reynolds' replacement. And let's not forget that Josh Reynolds had some very nice games last season, even with Woods and Cup on the field. So Van Jefferson, who's basically forgotten about completely i think he's an interesting like last round type dart throw in like best ball leagues and things of that sort he Jason? is also entering his second season in the league so Ugh. Jason? It's, it's tough here i don't know like i keep talking about how this team's not super deep if i had to take a yeah. shot on someone i don't think it'd be van jefferson i think it'd be Tudo atwell i will say this something that i've noticed about NFL teams in general. And I'm not talking about fantasy teams. So my NFL teams in general, one of the reasons why that's like the bottom falls out of some of these teams that look like they're on the come up and could win a championship. And all of a sudden their, their windows close and you're like, what the fuck happened? A lot of what happens is, is just what we're seeing here where the depth, like the starting players, they kind of stay the same. So you don't really notice it, but the depth starts to drop off. And the depth, you know, and this team's really deep at wide receiver. If you're counting two, uh, two second round picks in the last two drafts as deep. Um, I would like to note, though, the reason why I'm going 2-2 over Van Jefferson is thanks to our awesome player comp machine over on the Brodo app. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's fucking, it's awesome. Like, casted a whole study of most predictive measurements, put it on a Euclidean scale and whatever fancy words you want to use. And it's a dope app. And right now, Van Jefferson's comps are Mac Hollins, Keith Mumphrey, Braxton Miller, Sharon Peak, and Steve Breston. So it wasn't a very good like Steve Breston. rookie season for him. <laughs> Whereas if you take a look at Tudu Atwell, his Tutu. comps are Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Jackson, James Washington, Marquise Lee, Kendall Wright. Oh, wow. Like, the worst player for Atwell is the best player for Van Jefferson. So I'm putting my money on Atwell. Atwell and Rondell Moore are two guys that I'm interested in because they're so small. They're so skinny. But, like, can can their just absolute athleticism make it in this grown man's game is going to be a, an interesting question to ask. Rondell Moore we'll talk about as we go into the NFC West further. The Arizona Cardinals actually next up on the docket. It's like I did that on purpose. I'm like, I'm like a I'm like a fucking wizard on this shit, man. Um, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Michael? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You see what we did there? It's like, you know, connectivity. Um, Broto Fantasy is where you can find everyone on, on Twitter and Instagram. And we just had a we just made a TikTok. Uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. The kids are all on TikTok, so now we're on TikTok. Um and we're going to put some videos on there, but, uh, you know, we're going to try our best to be good about TikTok. But, uh, yeah, it's TikTok. It's a, it's a change. but people It is a change. That, we're so. we're going to try our best to be good on it. <laughs> uh, but we're good on this mic, that's for sure. So we'll see you next time. Later. Heat wave.